Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie, it is day 54, and we're coming to a conclusion of our 60-day U.S. tour. We have easily encompassed 22 states, and um, we are now in Columbus, Ohio. It is August 30th. It is August 30th, and we are leaving Columbus, Ohio as soon as this podcast is over, and we're headed down to... Um, a little house we have in the mountains in Murphy, North Carolina, which I'm mm-hmm. very, very much looking forward to getting back to. And I don't know if you heard this. Actually, I did. Uh, I do know you heard this. Evidently, in mm-hmm. our neighborhood in Murphy, North Carolina, yes. there is a black bear yes. that's taken up residence mm-hmm. that meanders through looking for handouts. I have heard this and have noted it, and we're going to have to be extra careful and you know, I wanted to put out bird feeders, but maybe we'll have to string them up extra high. I don't know. Yeah, and we'll Zoe see. has never been to said cabin and said woods and said mountains dealing with said bears uh, in Murphy, North Carolina. So Zoe and I have made a pact that we are going to be the first to spot the bear. Mm-hmm. Game uh, on. Uh, amongst our, our family. And I- we'll take a picture. And then whoever, well, basically the game is whoever gets a picture of him first gets to name him. Oh, I like that. Or her. And we've been on a bear hunt the whole time. We did see them at Bear World. Which That's, was interesting out west. That may have been cheating, but that was cheating. So yeah. as far as spotting wild bear, you get game on. Yeah. So okay. and also we can't uh, go without saying our hearts go out to all of our friends and listeners and uh, coaching members who are in Louisiana mm-hmm. because they're dealing with Hurricane Ida right now, and I understand most of the city is in blackout already. So you know we know you guys have been through it before. We're sorry you have to do it again, but our prayers and thoughts are with you. We live in the Caribbean, so trust me when I tell you we have become very uh, hurricane sympathetic. Yes. So uh, there it is. Yes, so we are leaving today. We are headed down uh, to Murphy, and then we're going to Atlanta, and then we're flying home to Puerto Rico. Um, and uh, we have really thoroughly, though the trip is still, we've got another week, we've really thoroughly enjoyed this trip, this uh, sojourn, as I've come to uh, call it, with all of you. And we've taken pictures and updated everyone on our page on Instagram I think, Julie, it'll take all of us quite a while to uh, realize this huge trip and all the things and experiences we've had. I'm glad mm. that we are all shutterflies and taking so many pictures. Yes, me too. You know, that'll be very meaningful. So what we're talking about on the podcast is something we started last Thursday, I think, which is one of those topics that we like to dust off every now and then based on the feedback we're getting from the audience and coaching clients. And the topic is the introvert's guide to getting everything you want in life and then some. Actually, Julie had a better title, but that's the gist of it. How to be incredibly, massively successful despite the fact that you might be the biggest introverted, uh, you know, want to just essentially shelter yourself underneath a staircase, not be around other people type person. This is true. And so today we're going to start on point number four. And point number four is kind of long, so and we need to get on the road. So probably the point number four will do it. Get caught up on points one through three from Thursday's podcast. Point number four, act as if you're an extrovert without losing yourself. Who do you know who has a positive and outgoing traits and is also well-respected? Begin to blend your natural tendencies with a few other traits that will increase your versatility. This isn't to say that you should be fake. In fact, you might find out that you actually have some latent outgoing traits already within you. Research conducted by John Zelensky, who's a PhD and associate professor of psychology, has found that introverts who act like extroverts, for example, 
by being more sociable, talkative, energetic, and enthusiastic than they are naturally, they actually see their own happiness increase. This is likely due to the positive feedback they receive from their peers, but it also might be because they know they're becoming more comfortable in the company of other outgoing types. Here's a secret. The wealthiest real estate professionals, in fact, the wealthiest salespeople in general, are not introverted or extroverted. They become a versatile combination of both because they've studied and adapted to it over time. Yeah, that's really where it all circles back to is the versatility. But when you think about it from an introvert's perspective, and I was, you know, Julie's family, for example, we were over at her family's house yesterday. Yes. With maybe Mark, her brother being the exception, everybody <laughs> in her family is a massive uh, introvert. Uh, probably if you guys want to use DISC, they're definitely all analytical or amiable. Yep. I mean, essentially that's where it's just a, a, a wash of essentially people that show zero emotion and people that are hypersensitive. I mean, that's basically Library what it is. Library dwellers. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a bit like walking on eggshells when you're around them, but you know, it's kind of interesting nonetheless for a, a prerequisite amount of time. But one of the things that I have to give Julie credit for, and all the rest of you who have joined our coaching program have done, been able to do this as well, is you've been able to realize, been introspective enough to realize that even though you came from a specific environment that reinforced you being a specific way, you can be whatever you want to in this life, no matter what your age is. Um, and so, Julie, let's just drill down on that fact, or that little mm -hmm. last point, because it also works the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. So, Rochelle, <laughs> Lorimer, now yeah. she's Aberbeezy, who yeah. was a buyer's agent for us yes. when you and I sold real estate. Mm -hmm. She was on the other end of that spectrum. And Very so she, much on the extroverted, outgoing, life of the party type. Right. Way extroverted, way center of attention, way just like off the charts, you know. Um, exactly. And when she was working with us as a salesperson, um, when we sold real estate here mm -hmm. in Columbus, Ohio, she would actually have the introverted analytical types, of which there's gobs of them here in Columbus, because yes. there's a lot of engineering jobs, Battelle, mm -hmm. Ohio State University, mm -hmm. all that research stuff, mm -hmm. that uh, they wouldn't want to work with her. Yes, because she was just, I think, you know, I don't know how they would describe it, but they just didn't hit it off. When people say, well, we I just didn't feel it, I didn't hit it off, maybe they were intimidated by her gregariousness, maybe she was just a little bit too much for them to take. There's different versions of this, right? But fortunately for her and, you know, coaching with us as well, uh, she recognized it and made some changes. So she's on that end of the spectrum and adopted some more uh, introverted. introverted types of yeah. traits. But she also, but getting yeah. to the specifics, though, because mm -hmm. we always like to make yeah. this practical and tactical. Definitely. One of the things she did is she actually changed depending on who the customer was. But really, overall, mm -hmm. she started dressing less flamboyantly. And it's not like she was a flapper, right? I'm not suggesting no. that. But she would be a little bit more conservative. She would wear colors that weren't so attract uh, um, uh, attraction grabbing, things like that. Mm -hmm. And that made all the difference. And she I put her hair up. She got right. a pair of glasses. Yep. You know, she she kind of um, just became a bit more professionally dressed, I guess I would say, and, and more universally acceptable. You know, there's a whole section in the Harris Rules book about this, about this idea of versatility and the four personality styles, even though it's not a diagnosis, it's just a guide, right? Right. Uh, but there are things that you can do because you want to be able to work with a variety of different people in a variety of situations. That is the definition of versatility. And that's why the most wealthy salespeople and real estate salespeople are well, the most versatile because you they've it, learned that. And you said it a second ago, the yeah. happiest people too. And they're happy, be, you know. Well, the happiest people, according to your, your yes. John Hopkins that's researcher That's right. They guide. have less conflict happening. Right. And so that's really, so if you're on the analytical side, which we can assume that most of you are because you're listening to this podcast and we titled it so that it would grab your attention. But if you're on the analytical side, 
I'll have Julie describe what she did because I told you the lot in life that she, she was given that she was supposed to be some sort of ultra analytical bookworm and then she learned to be more extroverted. So Julie, when you when we got married 30 years ago next month, by the mm -hmm. way, um, you definitely were something of a you know a very introvert a very very introverted musician type and all mm -hmm. the rest of it. Sure. But you figured out through your life experiences, but also mm -hmm. through observation that that was only going to get you so far in life. Right. Okay, so what did you actually give the, let's yeah. make, opposed to stories, let's give them practical, tactical things that, sure. that the introverts can do to make themselves a little bit more extroverted. Right. So I now, and you know, then I, I was studying and doing it on purpose, now I do it naturally. I wear more color than I normally would. I have probably, you know, more jewelry on than I normally would without going overly flashy, right? Um, I'm more sensitive to hairstyle and glasses and all of that kind of stuff. And I also made it a, a goal to hang out with more extroverted people. You know, my friend Laura Lee is very much like Rochelle. And, and the thing that I think is a blessing when you're on the introverted side and you have those uh, types of friends is that they're so naturally like that, it's easy to adopt and adapt their traits. Well, that's the, that's, but that's really the yeah. breakaway point, though, is when yeah. you want to just, like, uh, when we started getting into real estate in our mm -hmm. early 20s, you realized that for you to, you know, you had this natural you know, probably partially my influence, I would assume. Probably. But you saw that working with people and having a little bit more of a gregarious nature was going to give you, get you out of mm -hmm. the, the shadows and put you into a point where you could start doing some, you know, you could obviously do the analytical stuff, but you wanted to do the front end stuff too. You want to do more yes. of the sales. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we started in real estate, you basically were the back end and I was the front end, right? Mm -hmm. I'd hook them and you'd cook them. I mean, that's right. what we that said, right? Yeah. But now eventually, and it didn't take you but maybe two years, then you were in the front end too. You yes. were out there working with folks. And then we hired the analyticals to do the work in the back yeah, end. But it helps to have exposure to people who are like that naturally and who are successful and they're nice people. And you can just be a little bit more like that. I can tell you another thing that will help everybody, and we talk about it all the time, that's the Ford script. Yep. Just go back to talking, you know, making yourself ask more questions, I think is such a great skill to have in life overall, but certainly in sales. Because if you get uh, weird as an introvert, like having to talk about yourself or something like that, which isn't good for you anyway, because that's an ego expression, by asking questions of other people, it automatically causes conversation which a lot of introverts are kind of, you know, afraid of, how do I get into a good conversation? But questions help you with that. Well, so, so you just said something else that's really important. Again, mm -hmm. keeping this practical and tactical. Mm -hmm. uh, analytical people, introverts, let's say, don't, don't like talking about themselves, don't right. really like talking, period. True. And so if they're put in a position where they're supposed to be talking about themselves amongst a group of even maybe, you know, strangers or people they're not that familiar mm -hmm. with, that's kind of like worst case scenario piling on top of each other yeah, for them. uncomfortable. Right. And so for them to be able to know how to use the map, the, I mean, it's not, there's nothing to it. The Ford script is so simple. But knowing how to ask the questions, family, occupation, recreation, dream. So let's role, let's role play sure. for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, you're you and I'm somebody you're getting to know. And mm -hmm. we're going to start with Ford, uh, you know, family. So mm -hmm. shoot. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Julie. What's, what's your name? Uh, Tim. Oh, hi, Tim. It's good to meet you. I, you know, we're here in the Hilton in Columbus, Ohio. Are you, are you from here or are you just visiting for business? I'm visiting from Texas. Yeah, I'm here for business. From Texas. That's, yep. that's interesting. And you're here for business. What, what is it you do? Um, I'm a scientist, actually. I, um, yeah, I work for Battelle and we're studying whatever we're studying. Wow, that's pretty interesting. And normally you would say, what is it you do? And then I get to talk about real estate. It's very organic and natural. But I made it about you first, right? Say that we that conversation would have happened, say, standing in line to get coffee. Now, you wouldn't have approached me like that if I was a lady. 
you wouldn't have just started. No, right. I would have complimented you first. Right, exactly. Well, so you that <laughs> I, you hey, would just I've you seen know, you do it. Gosh, right? I, I really like that dress. That's really sharp. That's, that's Dude, I'm not wearing a dress. This is a shirt. You said you're a lady. Pretend. Role play. Yeah. Or, or like a little bit of jewelry or something like that. Just sure. give recognition to something. I like your nails, whatever. Exactly. Because ladies choose, uh, unlike That's men. That's the icebreaker. Like I had to look down and remind myself what I was wearing. <laughs> but ladies will go for to a lot of effort to choose every little piece of whatever they have on their bodies because it's supposed to represent something that to many of them is a very uh, personal thing. It could be a, you know, a ring that they got, something, right, exactly. So when you compliment somebody on their jewelry, when you're a lady or even a man compliment, obviously there's a little bit more weirdness that goes along well, with that. Well, you guys are about watches and stuff like that. Right, but I'm saying it's, mm-hmm. well, that's, I think it's the point was made. But when, you, when, you're, when you're essentially a, a woman trying to, you know, basically talk to a guy or a guy trying to talk to a mm-hmm. man, sometimes especially if you're in the same age bracket Mm -hmm. that might be perceived incorrectly right yeah so if you're if we're at an event or whatever and you're trying to at the gym or whatever Mm -hmm. and there's some guy that chats you up what's your first reaction (laughs) be honest i no, i don't like this is this is a lady happened to me several times um yeah, I think it's especially if you're like one on one, it's even kind of creepier. Yeah. So you want, and it this, hap- Julie, it happens to you a lot when I'm yeah, not around. I know. Well, and so this is this is one of those things where you study it and you understand you, it, and you have a backup plan for you. Drop with the it. husband bomb like within the first two seconds. I've heard you do it all all the time. I'm yeah. like, yep, Tim and I have been working out for ages. Yeah, we well, love Orange Theory. We'll give them so yeah. g- this, let's give them some something practical. Uh-huh. So because a lot of ladies who are introverts yep. are going to be fearful of basically having conversations yeah. amongst men because they're going to perceive that the men are going to perceive that they're just they're uh, have Being hidden ha- right have hidden yeah. agendas right. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, going to be the terror bomb of a, an analytical person. Yeah. You're an analytical person, mm-hmm. so give them something practical. Yeah. I, if that happens, whether that's in the gym or someplace, then, you know, if you're married, that's the, as you call it, the husband bomb is the easy go-to. Mm-hmm. Because usually what men will be like, they'll be like, you must be working out forever. Gosh, look at those guns or something like that. And I'll say, yeah, Tim and I have been working out, you know, for a long time. We love Orange Theory. And, you know, uh, are you visiting or you know, I'll change the subject and make it about them in a non-flirty kind of way. Um, and so I think I would go to that. And then, you know, it depends. If you know them, it's easier because you can ask about their kids, their business, their whatever. But if it's a stranger, it is, you know, it's a little creepy. Yeah, it's a little creepy. And I think yeah. ladies actually naturally will have a harder time with men especially. Now, some women dress that way to go to the gym to meet men that way and that's a different conversation we're trying to keep it to a business level yeah and but women when you like making friends with other women in the gym you're using the gym as an example but anywhere in life Mm. way easier way easier yeah Yeah. and i think it's also true there's also a barrier that's normal and natural truthfully between men trying to uh you know essentially get to know uh, females. There's mm-hmm. also, especially if you're again in the same age group. Yeah. Right. I agree. So I think, or younger, really. Mm-hmm. For men, men are going to have that problem even when they're younger. So, like you, would you have mm-hmm. the same problem having a conversation with a guy that was in his 20s, for example? No. Yeah. So it's guys <laughs> in the same age group, whereas, yeah. whereas men. Or maybe a little bit older, but yeah. Whereas introverted men, mm-hmm. there's going to be a natural barrier when you're having a conversation, anyone in your age group and younger yeah. that's a female. Well, so this is why you have to get out in the wild and practice this stuff. You know, and think it out and observe how you feel and what you do in different situations. That is the, de- the definition of versatility is being successful in different situations with different types of people. Well, the environment, so, though, will, the environment will, matters, will yeah. matter. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're at Point Lobos and you're in Big Sur, California, and you're going on a hike and 
you run across somebody that you're just, you know, they, you see them enjoying what you're enjoying because Point Lobos is nothing but splendor, really. Um, you, there's nothing that would be an easily, uh, you know, transversed place to have a conversation about the experience and the environment. Right. right? So, and that's a good conversation go to. That's a good technique is to observe something you're both experiencing and comment mm -hmm. on it. Like, did you see that harbor seal down there? And can you believe this color of moss or whatever? You know, that that's an easier way to go. Humor also yeah, is an incredibly, sure. uh, you know, powerful way mm -hmm. of bridging any sort of humor makes it so that the awkwardness of original <laughs> of initial conversations is completely obliterated yeah. instantaneously. You I know. Well, you get you sparked a memory when we were at uh, in Monterey at the Concorso Italiano, mm -hmm. the big car show. And it's like nine o'clock in the morning. And they've already run out of coffee. <laughs> Not just one Not place. Just, no, it wasn't just one place. It was like, you know, you imagine like your typical food truck coffee places, you know, whatever. Because this is being held on a golf course. There's no coffee shop there. there but there was like six food trucks. <laughs> yeah. And like one of the places had coffee, but they had to make it. And it was going to take an hour. Well, they didn't tell you that up front. They're yeah. just like, oh, we've got some coffee brewing, right? And so, so you pay and they pass out cups. And now there's like... 30 people standing in line with their cups that are empty, Pissed off, which is grouchy. fine for like five minutes, right? <laughs> and then it was interesting to observe like what people's breaking points were. They were going feral. Right. So some, you know, and I, I did this. I went to the other truck and I, I'm like, you guys have coffee? Nope. You know, whatever. So I've still got my cup back into the line. And so that was a common experience that we all were joking about. Right. right? So, uh, and then, you know, the guy in the front of the line who's getting coffee for three people, he finally gets up to the front. And he walks back and makes the whole crowd crack up because he goes, they've got a Mr. Coffee. And they, you, there's like 30 of us. So I'm sorry I took the first three cups. Just so you guys know, they're brewing a Mr. Coffee at a time. Yeah. And, and, you know, we all cracked up and also were frustrated and got our money back. I remember one time we were in a line at a bank or mm -hmm. something, the DMV or something mm -hmm. horrible with a long line. In this, there was this little old lady at totally the at the front of the at the front of the you know just in front of all of us. You know how the DMVs are just never good experiences, and she finally got her license plates or her sticker, doing what she was ever going to do. And she said, as she was turned around, she was walking out, and and and, and she was really slow, and she may have been walking with a cane. I mean, you know, it's an it, old lady. It was an old lady, right? She goes, she says out loud, "I came in here when I was twenty six. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wham! Slammed the door and walked out. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it was so, funny. so I think the moral of the story, and we need to wrap up and get on the road, but yep. um, the moral of the story is try to have fun with this. Get out of your own head. Don't be so weird about it if you're on the introverted side because the topic is the introvert's well, guide. But, Julie, let's do mm -hmm. make this practical, okay? Because yeah. this, this is the problem when you have this – we present this topic mm -hmm. analyticals are like, I can do it. And then boom, five minutes later, they find themselves in a situation yeah. and they don't know what the hell to do. Right. So here's a, for example, mm -hmm. we're getting on the, we're waiting for an elevator yesterday here at the Hilton. And there was this uh, big family that was getting off the elevator. And there was this guy that was, you know, the last off that was pushing the, um, you know, obviously yeah. the, uh, the, 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 the luggage cart. Yeah. The luggage cart. And it was not something, I mean, you know, and I, then I looked at him and he was a big guy, probably twice my size. And I go, how'd you get stuck with that job? And he <laughs> looks at me, you know, from this, he had this solemn look on his face of misery and looked at me and he laughed and he goes, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. These common experiences. <laughs> and his, right? whole, his whole family started to laugh, yeah. but you know, but the, the point is, is that the humor really, really will get you far in life. And um, if you can make people feel just a little bit more comfortable as an introvert, mm -hmm. and that's the reason, going back to the point you're making on Thursday, mm -hmm. a lot of the best comedians, a lot of the best yes. actors are, guess what? Massive dorks. They're mm -hmm. huge introverts. And I'm married to a dork, so I'm not meaning that in a... Uh, Likewise. In a <laughs> uh, but they've studied it, and they, they have 
you know, ways that they manifest that. I right. think, you know, if you want to boil it down to being really practical, I think one place to start would be to be more friendly than you normally are. Mm-hmm. Have more expression in your voice than you normally do. Well, from, again, keeping mm-hmm. it practical, yep. those are good points. Mm-hmm. But um, you, when when you wanted to start becoming more versatile mm-hmm. and essentially more, uh, I think, you wanted to have a richer, fuller life, really. Sure. Uh, you actually started. You did. You started wearing makeup. You changed your your, yeah. your style. You started being more conscientious of it. Mm-hmm. You know. You started dressing differently. You yes. started doing things that were the opposite of what Rochelle had to do mm-hmm. in order to make yourself a little bit more. Um, I think appealing to different personality sure. styles. And I started to appreciate those things more because I also got positive reinforcement with lots of comments. And what will happen is when you do this right, you've got that combination again. You can refer to Harris Rules, which you can get at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, that section about upgrading everything. When you start doing that and people say, gosh, you always look so nice, you know, they come to you for conversation. It becomes easier because you're not the one trying to break the ice awkwardly. Somebody else comes to you. And your practical, tactical approach to basically how to take this information and scale it is design your life around having direct interaction with other people. And I know what a lot of introverts are going to do. They're going to run to the easy buttons and just do the BNIs and the networking things where you're around other business. You're going to try to shortcut what we're saying here. So what our suggestion is, is you have a weekly schedule. You should start, Julie and I are huge advocates of obviously getting in shape and staying in shape. So go to an Orange Theory. Go to something that's going to force you to have interaction where you're having the shared, usually somewhat miserable experience with other people. Mm-hmm. And then do show up at the same day at the same time so you befriend the people that are in that group. But it's okay to, like, for example, do Monday, Wednesday, Thursday at, you know, whatever time. And then do Tuesday, Wednesday at, or Tuesday, Thursday at a different time. And maybe take the weekend off kind of thing. Do intentionally put yourself um, in, in front of other people that are diverse. Don't put yourself in front of groups that are the same people over and over again. That's the habit that a lot of introverted people will do is they're going to say, okay, uh, my coach has told me to go out there and get to know more people. That's easy enough. I'm going to go and just do more of what I normally do around people that I'm normally around. In other words, you're basically going to not really expand your horizons any meaningful way. You're just going to surround yourself with more people like you. We're not suggesting that because you're going to keep your world really small. So assuming there's some validity, which there is, to the DISC personality styles, you know, there's four distinct personality styles, and everyone has differing percentages of each personality style in them. But ultimately, um, you do have a tendency, again, if you're believing this, which is mostly pseudoscience, but if you're believing it, you do have a dominant personality. And what most people do is they gravitate towards people and groups and communities and, you know, everyone around them, spouses who have that same dominant personality. It's natural and normal. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're wanting to really be of service to other people, you have to learn to be versatile and be able to help people that are not necessarily naturally like you. That's right. So I had a coaching client come to mind who's like a complete analytical driver type. And we were working on this. And I asked, you know, what other than, you know, selling real estate and Mm -hmm. and riding his motorcycle, what does he like to do, right? Which already riding your motorcycle, kind of a solitary thing. Okay. (laughs) I was thinking that. And he said, skydiving. Oh, boy. And I'm like. That's great and all, but you're probably not going to meet a lot of people while you're hurtling through the air. So let's find some things where you're actually meeting other people. So to your point, don't just, you know, that's all fine. You don't have to stop doing what you like doing. This is not instead of. This is in addition to what you already like doing. So you might find something that's a bit more social. And you got to do it on purpose. I always recommend meetup.com, which sounds like a dating site, but is not. Meetup.com. You type in your zip code. It asks you what your interests are. And expand your interests, you know, like... 
if you've always been in a book club, don't just check book club. Check maybe some things. Maybe you're interested in getting into hiking or bird watching or something where you'll be around other people. So you check your interests. Then you, I would put in a 20-mile radius so you capture enough different events. And, but, and it'll show you what the options are. In all reality, the, all this lack, it goes to lack of exposure. The lack That's of true. versatility always reels back into lack of exposure. Yep. Like, like if you look at, for example, where we are now in Worthington, Ohio. Well, we're not in Worthington, but you get the gist of it, mm -hmm. where we're from. That is a very analytical, amiable community. Yes. There's not a lot of expressive or driver going on in Worthington, no, Ohio. No, probably not. That's the, yeah, right. Yeah. So, but if you, if you move out to New Albany. <laughs> that's where the expressives live. That's where the expressives yeah. and the drivers live. Yeah. And you can actually tell by, te, you, you can know, tell the, by the cars. You can tell by the cars. You, you can even tell by the retail that's mm -hmm. around the communities, yeah. what the nature of what the general mix up is. Now, Columbus is, you know, you're, you're dealing with. Obviously, socioeconomic things that are going to have an impact on how expressive the expressives can be, and you know, yeah. because they're not necessarily naturally. right naturally. But then you have to think, okay, well, I get what Tim and Julia are saying. There's this community, or this is part of town, which I've never really quite clicked with. Well, it's because these people there are essentially not like you naturally are. Go there, go on a walk there, go to the gym there, get to know people there, and expand your network of people. Because here's ultimately what's going to happen. People will choose to do business with you because they, frankly, they know you. They know, oh, I know Julie from Orange Theory, or I know, you know, Tim and Julie from church. So I'm going to do business with them. Ultimately, it's going to circle back to you, you having an advantage in the marketplace amongst the people that you've given yourself uh, over to, you know, frankly, you're, you've yeah. exposed yourself to. And that's you following, and that's you being in alignment with your highest and truest purpose, which is being mm -hmm. of service to other people. You guys get it? That's expanding your center of influence. Right. And don't we all like to have center of influence transactions? Yes, if you had to choose, it would be somebody who you already know by and large. And the problem is, is if you don't uh, at least uh, heed this advice, or I don't like to say advice because sometimes people take that offensively, but let's say this prescription to a richer, fuller life where you can essentially have uh, experience uh, the a version of you that you didn't even know it exists. Here's what ultimately happens to a lot of introverted people as they age. Their worlds get smaller and smaller and smaller. And I've seen it happen in our families, and I've seen it happen amongst coaching clients, especially ones that are they they'll be listening to this podcast. Someone in their 60s and 70s, and they're saying, "You know what? I, I th they will literally say this. This is the miracle. Sometimes the blessing that coaching can be is because you'll have these people like validate from their own personal experiences, from our perspective that we don't have because of our age." that what we were saying had that they wish they would have heard it like 50 mm -hmm. years earlier. We get that often. So the point of this is, is that when you are wanting to become the best version of you, not just as a real estate salesperson, but as a human, don't you want to be able to get along with more people? Don't you want to get to know more people? Because if you are an analytical person, introverted person by nature, what happens as you're a, as you age, like I said, your world gets smaller, you start having a tendency to basically surround yourself with more things that reinforce you being an introvert. And then the next thing you know, you have fewer and fewer people in your life. And again, this is, this is not an unheard of phenomenon amongst uh, you know, introverted people. They just lose touch with reality, lose touch with other humans. Because no matter how introverted you are, everybody wants to be connected with other people. And so you have to, as an introvert, put effort into doing it more so than you would be as an extrovert. But it doesn't matter because you as an introvert have a lot of advantages that we've discussed and we'll continue sure. to discuss on future podcasts. Anything else you'd like to well, say? So I think the, the beginning of your point there was don't wait because it doesn't generally get easier. No. As you age, you get more and more into, you know, your three-foot world becomes a two-foot world and then it's a one-foot world and then you don't feel like going outside of your house. And then you're living under the staircase. Exactly. So take action. Now, you don't have to do it all at once, but you should choose two or three things to do this 
this week to try out. Maybe some things stick and maybe some things don't, but get out of your own little environment. It's good for your business. It's good for you personally. You're going to do more transactions. You're going to be more comfortable, but don't wait. So let's give them one practical homework assignment, Jules. So here's your practical homework assignment. And I'm not going to make, I'm going to make this super easy. Have one Ford based conversation with one person today, right? So have one conversation where you have a look and I'll even make it easier on you. If you go to Starbucks every day around the same time and you know people in line at Starbucks, but you never have talked to them, you just recognize them, right? And they recognize you. Uh, you can go ahead and I want you to initiate one Ford conversation with those people where you just talk to them about family. And it's not like it, you're not interrogating them, but just ask them, hey, I see you here every day. Uh, you know, or I see we, we seem to run into each other every day. You must live around here. And, and then ask questions about their family or ask questions how long they've lived here. At those types of things and make a point of not talking about yourself and don't make it awkward like if they spend the conversation out of politeness to ask about you then you can uh, give them a little bit of information but pivot the conversation back to them then tomorrow do it for two different people now here's what you'll discover the first person that you chatted up that you chat up today at Starbucks or wherever when they see you again in line at Starbucks tomorrow they're going to talk to you they're going to want to stand by you. They're going to want to share their experiences with you because you made them feel good for the entire day because you showed interest in them. You asked them questions about their families. You showed sincere interest in them, and you were. Maybe the first part of the conversation, you felt it was forced. You maybe even told your ego may have said, they're telling you to do things that make you seem fake. Whatever your ego is telling you, your ego is wrong. All you're trying to do is connect with more people. So have those conversations and then notice one time having one conversation that doesn't even last three minutes as you're standing in line for your latte, you're going to then discover that you made a friend. And that is the that could be a pivotal moment for all of you. So please take this seriously, guys. Um, this is part of your mission on this planet, which is to be of service to other people. That really is ultimately what a real estate practitioner is all about. So, Julie Harris, um, yes. we are off to Murphy, North Carolina. Back on the road again. Julie, what's that place in Murphy that I'm, we're going to uh, have Zoe go to where they teach oh. kids how to you know, do the things that they had to have learned back on the prairie? I have to look up the name of it. I, I think it's the Campbell School. Yeah, something like of, that. Uh, something, but it's basically like serious old school skill technique, like how to, you know, sewing and, and arts and pottery and how to but make all, a kite and yeah, but stuff it, like that. You know, it's funny, the things yeah. that they're going to teach them how to do mm -hmm. would be the things that people would have had to have done uh, when they were essentially in the prairie and, right. and, and settlers and whatnot. Yeah. But also it's the exact same skill set that people that are uh, preppers are now teaching yeah. other people. Isn't well, that this fascinating? Is, uh, you know, this school is very much of the pre-Amazon mindset where you don't just order your tools. You it's might like have a, to make it's something. It's like a big log building. It's really cool. I mean, it's it definitely is. out there yonder. But uh, this should be really interesting. It's near our house in Murphy. and uh, yeah, I guess I'm, they have summer camps and fall they camps. Do. They've got a harvest festival. It should be pretty cool. It will be. Can you imagine our little, you know, extroverted, and Zoe is incredibly extroverted daughter, being amongst, being amongst all of that? That's going to be incredible. Probably life-changing for her. Yeah, hopefully in a good way, right? Yeah, hopefully in a well, good way. Well, in the meantime, guys, if you need us for anything, remember you can just uh, text me directly. If I know a lot of you guys are uh, gravitating towards EXP uh, Realty. Some of you are EXP Realty curious, as we like to call it. And others of you, if you've not yet chosen your sponsor, are looking for a sponsor at EXP Realty. 
So if you're EXP curious, uh, EXP Realty curious, we made it easy for you to get the information you want. Just text the letters EXP to 47372. Text the letters EXP to 47372. And we'll text you back a link to a website and you can just go and check out the, uh, the videos. There's four videos at the top that pretty much answer all your questions. If you're ready to join EXP and you're looking for a sponsor, and like I said, if you haven't chosen a sponsor yet, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your EXP sponsor. Feel free to uh, text us directly or text me directly at 512-758-0206. And one of us will text you back directly and answer all your questions and help you move forward with eXp Realty. Again, my cell phone number is 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.